It's time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. On this Friday, December 15th, 2023, we will have our weekly pick segment. It's called Page versus the Prince, week 15 in the NFL. Good times there, always good fun. With our man Sam Yarnell, who will be with us momentarily. Kurt Heelan joins us in 15 to talk about the state of affairs in the NBA, namely Draymond Green. When will he return for the Warriors? We'll have to wait and see about that. But we have breaking news in the NFL. And we say hello to our man Sam Yarnell. Um, Brandon Staley is out as... Head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, Tom Telesco, is out as general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers. And the reason is simple. They got embarrassed last night. There's just no, there's no getting around it. You cannot have a performance like that. Um, given everything we've seen over the last two plus years of, of Brandon Staley as the head coach in Los Angeles with the Chargers, with a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Basically, what, 24-24 record over the uh, time that he's been the head coach there and survived. Now, the question was, would they make the change at the end of the year or would they make it in season? They opted to make it in season, an unusual move for Dean Spanos, which only, I think, amplifies the fact of just how upset he was at this current situation. I'm with you, Jason. You know... It's so funny how the how this has played out, right? Because you and I were talking this morning about, oh, well, they let Brandon Staley stay until the end of the year. Maybe Jim Harbaugh comes in next season. Maybe it's Ben Johnson. All these different possibilities for who could be the next coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And I don't think either of us really thought that this was what they would the conclusion that they would reach, right? You got, what, four weeks left in the season, three weeks now? Uh, and if you're the Chargers, because you just got your, your week 15 game out of the way, and you're going to have three weeks of a brand new coach, it's going to be a very interesting dynamic in Los Angeles for these next three games with Easton Stick at quarterback and some random coaching the team. I think it's, uh, well, here's the one thing it does do. I think it puts the players on notice. That if you're willing to fire your head coach, you're willing to fire your general manager, that there's going to be wholesale changes here in Los Angeles with the Chargers. So if you're if you're the guys on that roster now, this is the wake-up call to you. You're five and nine. You just got embarrassed by a Las Vegas team that literally scored no points in week 14. Zero. Could not score a single point. And you get lit up for 60 plus. So there was no way that Dean Spanos could keep the status quo. And he said that in his statement that he put out today. As much as he loves continuity, and as much as he is not an agent of, of change and, you know, shuffling the deck chairs around, he had to do something coming out of that loss. Otherwise, what's the, what's the last three games of the season? What's the point for this franchise for the last few games of the season? You know you're, look, you know you're behind the eight ball without Justin Herbert. But ultimately, this was a move that he had to make. And I'm frankly not that surprised they made it. As much as, as we joked about the fact that he doesn't usually change coaches, you know, he's not that guy, he had to do something. So I'm not, I'm not shocked that this is what he wound up doing. I'm interested to see now where the Chargers go from here. I'm interested to see next season if they immediately think that they're a contender, uh, 
spoiler alert, they're not. Um, Does Keenan Allen stay on that team? Uh, What about Austin Eckler? Even Mike Williams. There's so many talented veterans on that team that deserve Super Bowl rings that haven't gotten them because of poor coaching, horrible management, and terrible execution uh, that are, in my opinion, completely justified in ring chasing if that's what they want to do. If Austin Eckler wants to go join the Dallas Cowboys next season because we all know Tony Pollard ain't it anymore – I don't have a huge problem with that. If if Keenan Allen wants to go up to Buffalo and be on the other side of Stephon Diggs because Gabe Davis is gone, I don't have any problem with that. I think that these Chargers players have been wronged by that organization for long enough, right? Keenan Allen was catching passes from Phillip Rivers trying to make the playoffs 10 years ago, and here he is seemingly in the exact same spot 10 years later with the same franchise. I'm interested from a player's perspective to see how much the 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 star players in Los Angeles revolt against all of this change. Well, it goes without saying that this is an organization now that has basically had back-to-back franchise quarterbacks. You know, two guys that you would say are capable of winning Super Bowls. And neither has come close so far. You know, say what you want. Frankly, you can even say three quarterbacks because they had Drew Brees before they had Phillip Rivers. So they had Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, and Justin Herbert, and they're still not even sniffing Super Bowls uh, in San Diego slash Los Angeles, um, you know, if, if you're a Chargers fan. And like I said, the change was inevitable. It was just a question of whether it would happen before the season or after, and now the, the, the conversation will shift to who wants that job. Who can Dean Spanos bring in to take that job? And Jim Harbaugh is obviously going to be a name that's mentioned. Could you imagine Bill Belichick coaching Justin Herbert? I can't. No. I can't. So if we're talking about where Bill Belichick might land after this season, with the reports surfacing uh, over the last couple of days that he will not be the head coach of the Patriots next year, but still needing about 20 wins as of now to catch Don Shula and become the winningest coach of all time, and still probably wanting to prove that he can win without Tom Brady as his quarterback. If Belichick continues to coach, could you see him there next year? Not really. Ben Johnson? Hmm. That could be interesting. What if Sean McDermott gets let go in Buffalo? Sean McDermott coaching Justin Herbert in Los Angeles? There's a a lot of possibilities that exist. There's going to be anywhere from five to seven coaching vacancies uh, out there in this offseason. And that's going to lead to a lot of speculation and a lot of potential movement. The the coaching musical chairs, as it will be, in the NFL should be plentiful in this offseason. I think that Charger job, though, is still a job that a lot of people will have a, a, a fair amount of interest in, given the market, given the quarterback, and some of the talent on that team. I think there's I think there's going to be a lot of coaches that want that job. So that's what I was just about to ask you is where are we going to rank that Chargers job in Mm. terms of those five to seven, like you mentioned, head coaching vacancies that we can assume. And really, I can't put it above number three. What are you putting ahead? What are you going to put ahead of it? It's very hard for me to sit there and say that Chicago isn't the best when you look at the draft capital that that team has for years moving forward, the young pieces that they've built with DJ Moore. If, If Chicago's one, then who's two? So and this may be a little bit of a uh, of a controversial opinion, but 
I really think that the Las Vegas Raiders are a great team to coach. Like the Las Vegas Raiders have an owner who's proved that he's willing to do anything. I don't think that's unfair. They've got a good young team with, quite frankly, options at quarterback at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And they've got a great weapon at wide receiver. I I think the Raiders are now at the end of the day, I think you could make an argument for the Raiders, make an argument for the Chargers. And those are probably about equal in terms of most appealing. But uh, it's just hard for me. What's hard for me is seeing the best coach in this cycle go to Los Angeles, which is what I think would take what I think it would take for them to become a winner. Yeah, I think that's I I think I think the Raiders could be the second best coaching job because of everything else on that team not at the quarterback position. And there are a lot of guys that are competent capable quarterbacks that you could go get that could help you win games, especially when you have a defense uh, as good as that team has. Go see the Browns right now with Joe Flacco, a quarterback, and I've made this argument ad nauseum um, that that I believe the reason the Browns could make a deep run into this postseason is because the only thing they're missing is a capable quarterback that's not going to turn the football over a ton, gives them a chance to win. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this, in this offseason with that quarterback position sam will rejoin us a little later on in the show sam we'll see you for page versus the prince i got the winners cooked up this week jason yeah 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 you always do we're coming back with kurt halen of pro basketball talk at nbcsports.com get his thoughts on the draymond green situation when will he return to the team and what will he be when he does it's next on the sports wrap Sports Wrap continues on this Friday. We got through the breaking news. Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco out with the Chargers. Move they had to make. It made us shift around our show a little bit. I had planned to lead with basketball and my man Kurt Heelan, but Kurt, you've worked in this industry long enough to know. News breaks. We move things around. So here you are to talk about Draymond Green and some NBA news and notes after we talk about Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley being fired. I I will just say I was at the Warriors uh, Clippers game last night and people would walk through the media dining space where the where the Monday night game was on and I had at least three people go, he's getting fired tomorrow, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was no way. I mean, they had to. There was no way. That yeah. they could possibly, you know, go into next week um, with Brandon Staley as the head coach. As reviled as he is by that fan base, uh, everything that happened, the postseason loss last year to the Jags and now this, it, 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 he had to go. So he's gone. Uh, another guy that's gone right now is Draymond Green. And we don't know for how long. You got a piece up uh, at Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com, talking about that. You've talked to people around the league. What are you hearing? I will say this, the Warriors to a man are are saying the right things that, hey, this is about getting Draymond right, getting the help he needs for himself as a person. And I think there's genuine, look, man, they've, they've been to war with this guy. They've won four championships with this guy. They are genuinely concerned about him as a person. And Steve Kerr's, well, I don't think Steve Kerr had to say this, but Steve Kerr's very valid point that 
the punch of Jordan Poole, the choking of Rudy Gobert, this incident are different than Draymond getting tossed for throwing a basketball, you know, five, seven years ago, right? Like there were, there were shots to LeBron James's um, nether regions. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amped up and there's whatever's going on, you know, Draymond needs to look at this. And that said, the Warriors are four games below 500 outside of the, you know, playoffs and their next 10 to 15 games heading toward, they're evaluating this team heading into the trade deadline about, Hey, should we spend more and make a run at this? Or should we make some cost cutting moves because we have the highest payroll tax in NBA history about to hit us. Is this team worth it? So it's going to be an interesting few weeks. And with green, I will say nobody knows, but the consensus kind of vibe is, Talk to us in early January. Get to 10, 12 games, and we'll see. Yeah, here's the thing. And I talked about this a little bit, I think, yesterday on the show. What makes Dream on Green Dream on Green is his edge. Yeah. I mean, there's no game. And I didn't hear anybody mention this when I was watching the NBA shows yesterday. And, And it kind of boggles my mind because to me, yeah, he could come back and he could temper his whatever you want to call it. But then is he the same dream on green that we've always seen? We've seen him have, you know, incidents where he gets a technical foul and we're all like, oh my God, he's on the edge. And then he plays the rest of the game flawlessly and at a different level than anybody else. I remember a game last year. It was a regular season game. I don't remember who it was against. It was a TNT game where, I mean, he would look like he was out of his mind. I mean, he looked like he was possessed. And then all of a sudden, he played the rest of the game. Warriors went on a big run. They won the game. That's who Draymond Green is. If you try to, you know, remove some of that, stick a needle in and try and take out that little piece of DNA that makes Draymond Green Draymond Green, I don't know what value he has to that team. Uh, well, I, I, and that's the thing. He's value, by the way, is to this team. I know that there was people out there who also were saying, hey, maybe they should trade him. There's no market, man. He's remember he's making he's got after this season he's got three years and seventy seven million dollars left on this. What contract. were they thinking, Kurt? <laughs> well, I said I screamed this, and that's that's still the biggest question for me going forward with them is you can't trade Green, you can't let Clay Thompson, who they haven't been able to extend, go if Steph Curry wants to play with them. He's still the franchise. He's still the guy, and if Steph Curry comes to them and says. I want to play with these guys to ride or die. And you got to figure out how to make it work around them. Um, I'm, I don't know where Curry is on that. Um, with green, I'm with you though. It, it's, it's a line, right though. Like he's able to use that as motivation, like you say, and play at a higher level. And he's always yes. kind of been there, but there were points this year. And even last season where it just felt like he was on tilt. Like he was just looking <laughs> for the ejection. Like yes. it's, he's, gone another extra step as if, and I think he buys into that identity for better or worse, right? Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is how I play. And that can get in the way sometimes of, of good basketball. But let's be honest. The Warriors are culpable here. They let it get this far. We're talking, I mean, my God, he cost him an NBA title. You can argue. I was watching Richard Jefferson yesterday say, Richard Jefferson said we would have lost that final if not for Draymond Green blowing up the way he did. I mean, 
for them to have let it go this long, as much as we want to blame Draymond, and look, it's got to be some personal accountability. I'm an accountability guy. But that organization enabled it. It nurtured it. It allowed it to happen for so long. And that's on Steve Kerr. That's on the, you know, the former GM. I mean, that's that's on everybody right now. It is. They... they they didn't get the, like a lot of problems. You kind of, you know, we've, we've all done. Hey, um, where you keep, that's not a problem, man. We're going to be, this has happened before. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And you don't see the escalation, but it was there. By the way, I'm glad Richard Jefferson said that. Cause I mean, as somebody who was at those finals, they were broken after games four. Yeah. You, you, you can tell in a seven game series, most of the time, like 99% of the time, there comes a point where, the coach and players on the team that are about to lose realize they don't have the answers and there's nothing they can do. And the Cavaliers were there after game four. They just, their body language was done. And then the news came down about Draymond, Draymond's suspension for game five. And you could feel it at practice the next day where they were just like, wait, he's out. We get game five, we're home for six. And then you're into a seven and Suddenly they saw the path that didn't exist 24 hours before because of him. It's amazing. Um, you know, if there was some good news for the loss for last night, it was that Clay Thompson shot it pretty well, wasn't it? That's they need that consistently. Uh, they look, they, they made big changes. Uh, not obviously green is out. Kevon Looney is, um, I'm sorry. Kevon Looney still started. Next. It was Jonathan Kuminga comes into the starting lineup. When Green comes back, don't be surprised if it's Looney, who's not looked like himself, goes to the bench, and they go with Kuminga and Green, a little undersized, but more athletic as the starting front line. And the other thing was that Andrew Wiggins went to the bench with Pazemski getting the start, and those two guys, the two younger players, brought a real energy that they needed. It wasn't enough to beat the Clippers. Their defense was still bad, but... They looked better, and there was some optimism with this team after the last game. Like, hey, that looked a little better. And if we figure out the bench rotations and we're just a little sharper, and they ran into, frankly, a hot Clippers team with James Harden playing well, and they've won six in a row, and they're kind of finding their groove. Hey, we can get home. They've got 11 of their next 13 at home. They get some wins. They honestly think they're going to turn this thing around. They While the rest of us out here are like, calling an end to the dynasty and thinking that, Hey man, the bartender called last call. They're putting chairs up on the tables. This thing is done. They think that they can spin this thing. They, they genuinely believe they're going to turn this around. How about the Clippers? We talked about them you know, a little over a week ago on the show in terms of, um, you know, how this team looks and how it's starting to sort of take shape now. Give me yeah. some thoughts on what you're seeing out of the Clippers. I know you said they're sort of that second tier for you when you talk about the Western Conference, what you saw last night? uh, Without Paul George last night, who, you know, they still look sharp. And that was interesting because part of the challenge has been James Harden's been a little bit passive. He's still willing to give up the ball. He hasn't looked completely like himself. With it just being him and Kawhi, with just two of them, he was much more aggressive. Uh, his passing really does get these guys cutting. Zubox is getting buckets at the rim, but it's not just him. Norm Powell benefited with some run, uh, cuts and runs. Guys were Terrence Mann. Other guys were were getting open. And Kawhi Leonard's Kawhi Leonard, man. He's just a robot. He's going to get to his spots. He's going to make his shots. It really worked for them in this game. And like I said, this is six in a row for them. They are now... 
I guess I, I'm sticking with it. I guess I'm just, I'm afraid to buy in too much on this team. They've got to stay healthy. They've got to get there. But we've talked about this. There's Denver. That's the bar. And right now, look, the Lakers, you saw it in the in-season tournament. They're capable of reaching that stretch, you know, playing at that level for a bit. I don't know if they can stay there. I don't know if they could beat them in a seven-game series. But they look like a threat. These Clippers, the ones we saw last night, look like that kind of threat where, hey, man, they're not going to be easy to play against. They're going to be a tough out. They got solid depth and role players everywhere. And as this thing comes together, that's a tough team to play against. Um, we've talked about Victor Wembanyama at various points of this season early on. I saw him the other night getting dunked on by Anthony Davis. He still put up a, a, a pretty much 30. a historic line for a rookie player, 30, 10, and 5, something like that, uh, in, in a loss to the Lakers. And that team, that Spurs team, is just dreadful right now. But we knew that that was going to be the case. The guy we haven't talked much about was the number two pick. You know, since the season started in Scoot Henderson, and I know he was banged up a little to start the year. What have you seen? I haven't. I have to admit, I have not seen a second of Scoot what? Henderson. Um, you know, as it relates to as it relates to this season thus far. Give me some thoughts on what you've seen out of Scoot Henderson. First, the number two pick was Brandon Miller. Do not forget. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. My my bad. It was Brandon Miller. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Who is, who is again? Is sort of in the Scoot Henderson. Talk about category. afterthought. Oh my God. Yeah, it, yeah. It was. I think it was because all of us thought Scoot should have gone second, right, and we right. were all like, "Really, you're taking Brandon?" Okay, um, but and nobody's watched Brandon Miller because nobody should have to watch Charlotte. Even as basketball <laughs> junkies are like, "I guess I'll watch Charlotte." Um, he's played pretty well though uh, as a rookie. He's he's been solid um, and, and starting to find some rhythm there. Scoot missed a lot of time. And, but since he's come back, sometimes this, I think this happens in a lot of sports. When quarterbacks get this. They get some time on the bench to watch the game a little bit, and they come back a little bit better, a little bit smarter. And he's come back playing within himself a little more. He's not trying to do everything. He's not trying to take over games the same way. So he's been better, but it's still a work in progress. His shot's got to get there. Um they, and they've got to find a rhythm. Anthony Simons has been fantastic. And so how does that backcourt mesh and, and what's the dynamic there? Um, Simons is a little more experienced. Uh, you know, it's a few years in the league, so he looked more comfortable when he's been out there taking charge. But they're starting to figure it out. I, it's just it's a bad team again. That, that They'd expect it to be bad, lose a lot of games, and learn along the way, and then get some high picks and see what they can do with it. So Scoots looked better since he returned, but let's put it this way. If I was putting together my two 10 player, all rookie team right now, mm. I'm not sure Scoot makes that list. Wow. Uh, that is Kurt Heal pro basketball talk at NBC sports.com. Check out his work there, uh, especially his piece today on the warriors, the dream on green situation. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Have a great weekend. You too. We're coming back. Sam Yarnell joins the show. We'll get his thoughts on the top picks for the NFL this week. It's Page versus the Prince, Week 15 style. See what he has to say. Who are his four picks? Who are mine? Odds and ends to wrap up the show. Don't go anywhere. The sports wrap continues on this Friday. 
Week 15 in the NFL is here. And that means it's time for Paige versus the Prince. The perpetual battle for pick supremacy. It wages on. I was 3-1 last week. Sam, you were 3-1 as well last week, I believe, right? Think so? Yeah? Two and two. Oh, two and two. Oh, so not as good as me. That's what that's what that's what I meant to say. Sorry. Sorry. We can do that again. You were two and two last week. I was three and one, which means I was better than you again. It's okay. One day It's okay. I made it I made it all back on that Thursday night one football. Day you'll game. Be Nothing a Jedi. matters. One day you'll be a Jedi master. One day. It's okay. Hey, you know, gotta aspire. It's gonna, it's gonna make you better. It's gonna make you stronger. You'll get to me one day. You'll get to me. Just crushing it this year. Just crushing it. You don't need to watch no frauds like Joe Fortenball. Oh my God. No, 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 no. Fortenball again. You don't gotta watch frauds like Fortenball. Just look right here, baby. Every week. We win every week. A bad week for me is two and two. Three and one consistently. It's like my bowling team. My, my Tuesday night bowling team. We go three and one every week. That's why we're top five in the league. All right. Um, week 15 in the NFL, Sam Yarnell. What do you got for me? Well, I've got two winners and two losers. Which one or which, <laughs> you'll have to decide for yourself. Uh, I'd right. be sad we'll if it weren't in... so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's funny, because it's true. Oh, let me get yeah. properly oh, oh, outfitted okay. here. Get your props. And I don't mean prop bets. There we go. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, it's okay. Uh, the bed music will just take care of that. It's okay. There we yeah, go. There okay. We go. All right. Pew, pew, pew. We'll start. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start up in New England. Kansas City needs a bounce back this week. It's as simple as that. New England is not a good football team. Now, uh, they haven't been at any point this season, really. Uh, maybe that one game against the Bills, but that was really Sean McDermott coaching his team into the ground again. Um New England's not good. Kansas City is good. They need a win here, and they need it bad. Uh, so we're going with a system as easy as that. Lay the eight and a half with Kansas City. I like the Chiefs minus eight and a half up in New England. Thought about the total in this one because it's so low. Not going to touch it because I really do not trust that Patriots team to score points. Another bet that I might look for in this game, if I were you, is the Patriots team total under, whatever that may be, unless it's single digits. I really don't think the Patriots get into double digit points in this game. Next, uh, we'll go out west to the desert. Give me San Francisco, lay the 12 and a half at Arizona. Same system as before. You've got a juggernaut going up against a really bad team. This is a division game, which makes me think San Francisco wants to win it just a little bit more. Uh, that's kind of as simple as it is in this. We're going chalk on these first two. I like San Francisco laying the 12 and a half. They've been blowing teams out lately, teams better than Arizona. And I think they get it done this weekend out 
in Phoenix. All right, next, we'll go to the totals section of my card now, and we'll start in Denver and Detroit. I like this game to go over the 47 and a half. Listen, both of these offenses have been absolutely firing lately. Russell Wilson looks completely different, and the Detroit offense is someone that we feel like we've felt fallen asleep on ever since the first, like, four weeks of the season or so, when they were really firing on all cylinders. Love Jameer Gibbs in this game. Think the, uh, the Lions probably come out with the win, but I think both teams score a lot of points. Give me over 47 and a half in Denver, Detroit. And finally, we'll stay out west for Washington and LA. I don't understand the total on this one. It's 50 and a half, which is one of the higher totals we've seen in the NFL this season. And these are two horrible teams. I know that, you know, the defenses struggle for both of these teams and Kyron Williams and Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and uh, Puka Nakua, they've been electric on that Ram side of the ball. I do not see this game scoring 51 points. Give me the under 50 and a half in Commander's Rams. So again, lay the eight and a half with Kansas City up in New England. They need a bounce back. They're going to get a big win up there this weekend. Lay the 12 and a half with San Francisco in Arizona. They've been blowing teams out lately, and I think that continues. Denver and Detroit are going over the 47 and a half. I think both of those offensive offenses have fired lately and score a lot of points in that one and Washington and LA staying under 50 and a half because why is that number so high Jason pew, pew, pew. that's all I got I don't know I'm not feeling very good about a lot of your picks there is one that we agree on though so I'll save that maybe I'll maybe I'll do that one here at the top since that's the one game we agree on um, at least in, in terms of these four and what we pick for uh, for the purposes of television. Chiefs, Patriots, I am with you. Minus eight and a half. I, I think Kansas City bounced. It, let me put it this way. If Kansas City doesn't bounce back in a big way this week, I would be very concerned. Like, normally in the NFL, we say, hey, a win on the road is a win on the road. Get a win. You know, just get the W, that sort of thing. If they don't win by minimum two touchdowns this week, I would mm-hmm. be completely surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I, if there was ever a week where you just lay it all on Kansas City, minus the points, uh, this is the week to do it. I, I love Kansas City, uh, minus eight and a half in Foxborough against the Patriots. Patriot fans, enjoy the Bill Belichick area. You only got a few more games of it. Uh, embrace him. He has earned it, uh, regardless of what you think of the parting of the ways with Tom Brady and all that stuff and, and, and sort of the way this this whole thing has gone over the last two years. Embrace uh, Belichick. It could be the last times, uh, last couple of times you get to see. Him. All right. I have done something interesting this week. I have been uh, killing it with totals. Uh, but I only have one total in my picks this week. We'll get to that in a moment. The Bengals are minus three. In Jake Browning, we trust at home against Minnesota. Cincinnati still has a shot to make the postseason. Every game for them right now is basically the playoffs. I mean, we're at that part of the season for them where the playoffs have already started for them. Uh, They got the win last week. I like what Browning has been doing. I'm a big believer in him until he gives me a reason not to. Uh, I like the Bengals minus three at home. Uh, this week against the Minnesota Vikings, who are clueless at quarterback. They don't know what they want to do. Is it Nick Mullins? Is it Josh Dobbs? Dobbs is now the number three quarterback. It's a mess. 
uh, in Minnesota as far as the quarterback position since Kirk, since Kirk Cousins went down. Um, Justin Jefferson, eh, maybe. We'll have to see. Doesn't really matter. I like Cincinnati minus the three this week. The Browns in Joe Flacco we trust. And that dude's got a lot of motivation to win games. Did you see the story about his contract? Up to like $4 million just for the rest of this season based on winning football games. And that's why you brought in Joe Flacco if you're Cleveland. Because he can help you win football games. And I have no reason to doubt that that is going to continue. At home against the Bears. Cleveland at home versus Cleveland on the road defensively. It has been night and day. The Browns have been terrific at home defensively. I expect them to be all over Justin Fields. Minus three, take the Browns at home. Last but not least, my one total of the week. This might run contrary to what some believe. But I've looked at the weather. I've called in Jim Cantor from the Weather Channel. Uh, The Bills and Cowboys are going to be playing under rain this week in Buffalo. The total is 50 and a half. Uh, The Cowboys have been fantastic at home. They're not the same team on the road, especially against good competition. I like the under in this game. It's kind of my under the radar pick. Yeah, like, did I go do that? Under the radar pick this week. (laughs) Minus, yeah, thank you. Minus 50 and a half. I think this game goes under. I do not think there's going to be a ton of points scored. I think the odds makers every week get one game horribly wrong. This is one I think they got horribly wrong. I love the under in Bills Cowboys. So my picks for week 15 in the NFL, Page versus the Prince. The Bengals minus three in Jake Browning, we trust. The Bills and Cowboys under 50 and a half because the weather's going to suck. The Browns minus three at home for the Bears because... The Browns are just better at home. And the Chiefs minus eight and a half in New England because it's time for a bounce back performance and the Chiefs to start looking like the Chiefs. My picks for week 15. I just want to say if you want to, something I would like to add to my card is the Cowboys team total under whatever it is. Because yeah, at the end of the day, I love the under. Love it in the Bills-Cowboys game. Great pick by you there. Uh Josh Allen, rocket arm, can throw it through a snowstorm, can throw it through a windstorm, can throw it through a blizzard. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Gotta gotta smooth it out, man. When you get older, you gotta do this. Gotta smooth it out. Keep it from sagging. Got to keep it from sagging, man. I'm thinking about color in my goatee. What do you think? I don't think you need it. No, you're not. I, I feel like, I, and again, as go a through my younger, Liberace phase here, I think I got to start like altering my appearance or something. So, I, as a as a 23 year old, I don't necessarily feel like I have the best input that I could give. That said, I feel like that specifically, like dyeing the facial hair is a bridge that you cross as a man mm. that like once you cross it you it's can't the Rubicon. uncross it's the Rubicon. It, you know what i mean yeah. it's the Rubicon. so like if you want to be if you if this is the point in your life jason where you want to become that guy mm. by all means i'm not going to stop you but i don't think you need to become that guy yet it's a tough decision tough decision remember though that's how you keep it from sagging we're coming back with odds and ends 
it's set to wrap. Yeah, you don't gotta worry about it. It's still, it's it's still young and taut. We're coming back. More of the sports wrap on this Friday. All right, getting set to wrap things up for this week. I was promising a big announcement today regarding the future of the show. There is still a big announcement coming. I can't say it today. Um, Our distributor, PR people, said they'd rather us announce it on Monday. Um, So we will have big news on Monday concerning the future of the show. Maybe Tuesday, depending on uh, what time we get the, the green light on Monday. But big news coming about the sports wrap. I promise it is great news. We are really excited about it. I can't wait to tell you. And trust me, it's hard for me. I'm the worst at keeping secrets, but this is one that I have had to um, promise to keep quiet. So I am going to do so. All right, without any further delay, odds and ends to wrap up the show. Um, Wow, interesting situation in Texas with the Rangers. I mean, here's an organization that, you know, a lot of people were were um, really excited about as it related to, um, you know, the things they've done, the, the ability of this team, being a World Series winner, and obviously a lot of excitement in Arlington and in Dallas as, as it relates to this team. They have got so many pitching issues right now. Max Scherzer today announcing back surgery for a herniated disc going to be out until the middle of the 2024 season. They're already without Jacob deGrom until the middle of the 2024 season. And Tyler Maley, who's who's part of that rotation, is out. So you got John Gray, you got Dane Dunning, you know, you got a few other guys that are going to be able to, to, to do some things for this team as far as the rotation is concerned. But as far as your big guns, your big hired guns, remember they traded away Luis Angel Acuna in order to get Max Scherzer from the Mets. Now you're going to be without Max Scherzer uh, for a while. It looks like the Mets probably got the better end of that deal when you consider uh, the injuries now that are, are bound to pop up for an older pitcher like a Max Scherzer and the injuries that Jacob deGrom has had his entire career. A lot of people are like, oh my God, how do you let Jacob deGrom walk? Well, this is why you let Jacob deGrom walk. The guy has been a walking injury list uh, his entire career. We'll see what the Rangers do. There's still some free agent pitchers available on the market. Do they continue to spend which they've done the last couple of off-seasons. Yamamoto's still out there. Do they try to make a play for him? Um, you know, as as the weekend approaches, a Blake Snell type is still out there. Guy won the Cy Young Award in the National League this year. Maybe they make a play for him. If you're trying to maintain that momentum as a team to be in the American League, and we know what they can do offensively, you'd have to think they're going to make a play for a pitcher, a top-line starter here, uh, in this offseason. We'll have to wait and see. That's going to wrap things up for us today. Those are your odds and ends. We'll be back with you on Monday. Monday or Tuesday for the big announcement. I promise it is coming. We will deliver on it. We will execute on it. Enjoy the NFL this week. We'll catch you back here on Monday for the Sports Wrap.